Welcome to the Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place that we can have meaningful conversation in a safe place. I am your host. I am Pastor David, riding solo this morning. James is out of town. Um, Pastor Caesar's doing his thing. Got a little bit of a different show for you today. Um, other than me being a solo rider, uh, we got Pastor Caesar and a group of our young adults doing a a book study, and uh, I think it's going to be really interesting for us to uh, listen to them talk about um, this uh, this simplicity. Um, they're talking about uh, some different things about that, so make sure you tune in later in the show for that. I'm going to make it real quick, and then we'll get right into uh, their book st- study. I think over the next uh, several months, you're going to see uh, the podcast kind of change and uh, a little bit. We're going to just bring in some different things. We're going to bring in uh, some of Pastor Mark's preaching. Um, we're going to do outside-the-box uh, type stuff like uh, these book studies and different things like that, just to mix it up a little bit, give uh, uh, other people a different variety, um, you know, besides what we've been giving them over the last couple of years. And I think it'll be uh, a pretty awesome deal. So um, I'm excited to see where this is all going. Amen? All right. Well, I had a just a kind of a weird week, man. Uh, you know, I was telling some some of the brothers that uh, you know life has been so good for me for so for the last couple years that um, you know it's almost one of those things like you're waiting for the shoe to drop, right? You ever anybody ever been like that before, where you think, man, I know something's going to go bad because everything's been so good, and for me, it's just been that I had like several water leaks. One in the garage, one in the house, sheetrock falling down, two trucks broke down, you know, just just crazy stuff like that. Um, you know, dad not always feeling good, but you know what? At the end of the day, you know, um, when obstacles become in life, you know, that, that means there's a, a greater height to what God is trying to take you. Uh, stretching hurts, building sometimes hurts and we have to go through those things to reach the next thing in our life to goals and different things like that so um yeah just kind of a place that we are and uh i think a lot of times that you know we just got to endure the 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 bad to get to the good and um so if anybody else is going through those things man i just encourage you hang in there god is good you know he's the same yesterday today and forever It doesn't matter if we're going through a trial or a tribulation now. Um, He's always the same God, and uh, we don't have to worry about that. We don't have to worry about a God that changes or, like, in our own lives that we go through, you know, mood swings or different things like that. Our God is a a steady God. And um, so just encourage you guys just to make sure you hang in there, push through those things, and I know that... um, It's going to be a a good deal. Amen? All right, well, let's jump right into Culture Corner. Today on Culture Corner, I want to talk about something that's going on in the culture. And um, I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing, but it's happening. Uh, I got a 
message sent to me, uh, I guess over the weekend, saying that there's a new number one uh, artist on the Christian charts, and uh, it's the world's famous favorite white rapper, Eminem. Yes, I said, Eminem is on the Christian Billboard charts. Last week, Billboard's announced its updated chart rankings. DJ Khaled uh, used use this gospel remix featuring Eminem and Kanye West. So it looks like Eminem <clears throat> remixed uh, a song that Kanye did on his last Christian album. album and um, I'm not for sure, you know. I was going to play it, but I decided not to play it today. Um, but not because it was bad or anything. But it just I just I don't know where where I stand on it yet. You know, it's one of those things that you would hope at the end of the day that Eminem is seeing the light because um, he's you know kind of famous for the darkness in his raps. Um, you know, just a lot of pain and suffering coming out of uh, his lyrics uh, from his life uh, and some just really dark, dark stuff. Uh, and, you know, he's not afraid to say stuff that's uh, controversial um, and doing those type of things. So I think at the end of the day, um, two things. I pray that uh, Eminem, this is something that... Uh, that he's the words that he's saying in the songs are more than words that rhyme. Um, you know, me and Brother Calvin was talking about this, and uh, he said, "Yeah, the words rhyme and they sound good, but at the end of the day, you know, what's the fruit of the labor?" And um, and you know, that's that's at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. You know, where's he going to stand at the end of this? Um, is there people in his life that can hold him accountable? That that he trusts, because uh, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, you seen Kanye went through it. Nobody believed him. The the culture shamed him. Uh, a lot of this stuff went down when when these famous people really tried to lean into um, being a Christian, and uh, and I surely just hope that. Let's uh, just not just a you know. Uh, something he's just doing to uh, appease the type of song that he was remaking. Um, I do um, think that it was probably not on the best taste of the Billboard charts to put this under the Christian rankings. I mean, at the end of the day, it was put out by DJ Khaled. Um, you know, DJ Khaled puts up... Um, Puts out some pretty good records. He's able to get some people together and, you know, do some pretty good things. But at the end of the day, this is not a Christian record. Um, I think that the Billboard charts is not a Christian company. So, I mean, I, I guess at the end of the day, they're not really looking out for the Christian culture at hand. But um, I think that we got to separate these things from the Christian faith until it's proven out to be uh, people doing, Christians doing Christian music, if I had, you know, if I had a, a, a say in it. 
uh, let the secular be secular until it's uh, it's proven out, it's set under heat, and uh, you know, stuff rises to the top. You know, so that's kind of where I stand on that. That's my culture corner for the day. Um, to say all that, there is a rapper that has been proven that has done a lot of cool things in Christian hip hop, and that's the big homie Bizzle. And um, he has a song that he released a few years ago uh, that I heard this week that I want to play. It's called The Gospel. And uh, it gets no more Christian rap than this song. So hey, Dad. Hey, what's up, Sonny? Can you tell us the gospel again? <laughs> of course I can. All right, you guys take a seat. But this time, start all the way from the beginning. All right, I'll start all the way at the beginning, just for you, at Genesis. You ready? Okay. God created man and gave him his commandment. Sat him in his garden with everything he planted. Said, this is all yours, son. One that you can have it. All except for this one, because that one's just for daddy. The devil steps up in it right away with his deception. Said, you can be a god if you just taste it. It's amazing. You won't die. God's alive. Throwing shade in his direction. That small seed of doubt forms a change in his perception. See, if he had nothing, he'd appreciate that one thing. God gave him everything, but he's focused on that one tree. Sin is here, in his fear, he covered up in head. He covered up in leaves. God covered him with skin. Hold that thought. Let's fast forward to Abel and Cain. Two brothers in the same field, playing they lame. See, Cain tended the ground, Abel tended the sheep. Both made an offer to God, but Cain's fell incomplete. Now put a pin in that, let's hit the Passover down in Egypt. When God hears the cries of them beating down his people. Israel's enslaved, Pharaoh saying they ain't leaving. Moses tells him God said it, but he still ain't want to free him. So God tells Moses, here's the plan, pay attention. Tell my people, they gon' need a lamb without a blemish. One day you gon' get it, but for now, you just kill it, take it home, smear its blood on the doorpost of the entrance. See, Israel's my firstborn, and Israel's been taken. If he don't let my son go, his son ain't gon' make it. The penalty is death, and I'm coming for the payment. Those covered in that blood will be the only ones escaping. Now let's go back to Abraham, mobbing with his son Isaac. Faith isn't faith until it's tested, so God tries him. Said, I know how much you love your son, go and sacrifice him. So Abe walks him up the mountain, straps him down and ties him. He doesn't really understand it, but he has faith. He know that God's good, so it's commanded he's grabbing his blade. As he goes to stab him, the Lord yells, wait! He looks over, and God sent the lamb in his place. Let's take a quick pause now before we get to Jesus. Cause none of this is a click until you see just why we need him. The word of God says the wages for sin is death. So if sin is how you work, then death should be the check. There can be no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. The penalty must be paid if God is a righteous judge. We say just let it slide. But if someone killed your cousin, would you call that judge righteous if his killer goes unpunished? Or would you call him crooked? And we know the Lord ain't that. So there's a death penalty, and someone has to pay that. The moment that you sin, your life has been indebted, and his mercy is the only reason he ain't yet collected. So that's why they would sacrifice lambs in their places. But it didn't clear the debt. It was just a partial payment. Now we gon' take a recap and see the Lord working. Nothing was an accident, it all has a purpose. Now back to the beginning at the fall. Man sins, tries to fix it on his own. God covers him with skins, but it never says what animal he's getting it from. All we know is to cover man, he shed innocent blood. Now remember Cain and Abel, Cain's offer was rejected. You ever wonder why Abel's offer was accepted? All I know is Cain offered the work of his hands. Abel tended the sheep, so he must have offered a lamb. Now look at Abraham and Isaac. Are you seeing it now? 
A ram in the bush sent to take the place of his child Cause Abraham had faith enough to give up his son God would later do the same so the forgiveness would come Back to the Passover, oh man, here we go with that lamb again The innocent blood of a lamb is covering man again You don't see the pattern or get what it means? Then it all becomes clear when Jesus steps on the scene I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and end I am the Lamb without blemish, sacrifice for your sin The Lamb of God without sin, little children understand You can't do it on your own, it is me who covers man I'm the one who took your place when death lifted up his hand Gave you righteousness for faith You're the one who broke the law, but it was I he sent to pay Gave my life for those who hate me, I went quietly And I ain't even try to beat the case I'm the offer he accepts when your works get rejected I'm the one who pleads your case before the judge in heaven Knew that you were guilty but loved you enough to serve your sentence The wages for sin is death, I died to expunge your record See, I am the Passover the wrath of God is waiting. Every life not covered by the blood will be taken. I'm the way, the truth, the life, and I will always be. I am, I am. Beloved, it was always me. All right, that was Bizzle, the gospel. Uh, just telling the gospel the way it is, you know, kind of in uh, four and a half minutes telling us uh, the gospel, leading us through the word. Um, so I think that was pretty exciting when I heard that. Again, after a couple of years, I remember when he dropped the album, and thinking, wow, um, what a better way to be able to explain uh, the gospel to your kids or to this culture of hip-hop. And uh, so did a great job doing it. Um, so, all right, guys. Well, I'm super excited to, to listen to um, Pastor Caesar and friends uh, sit down and discuss the, uh, this, um, this book that they're doing. And I would just encourage you, there is a little bit of uh, sound technicalities right up front but it clears up so don't don't turn it off until um you listen to all the way through because uh i think there's a lot of wisdom <laughs> okay um what do we say all right well let's just go ahead and start welcome facebook and live stream community we are here back again doing that thing once again we are looking at the book celebration of discipline and today we are talking simplicity we hope you guys enjoyed the last one, and we got a lot of really good responses with that. So uh, we're hoping for a dynamic conversation again. And uh, again, just kind of overview, we're talking about um, spiritual disciplines, things that um, kind of have gone by the wayside in uh, big C contemporary church. They're not practiced or they're looked at as um, as weird practices maybe some would even say it's legalistic to do these things but things like prayer and fasting and meditation um, how many of us are actually doing that how many of the people that we go to church with actually have um, have they disciplined themselves to to do this because there is spiritual fruit to gain and I just kind of want to start off the conversation again with just kind of uh, uh, backtracking a little bit and the purpose, the purposes of all of these disciplines is rooted in joy, right? And whenever it becomes a chore, then, um, then we're not doing it right. And it, it, can, really, um, it can really get into, into just legalism, get into uh, just monotonous religious activities, and it should never be that. But, you know, before we jump into this one, and we're talking about simplicity today, and, uh, and it's simple. <laughs> it, it's... Um, it's just like what it sounds like, simplicity, chasing after simplicity, being, uh, living simple lives. But I think there's a big distinction right now because 
just all, off the cuff, whenever you say, hey, us as Christians, we got to live simple. What do, you, what do y'all, like, what hits you immediately with that? Amish. Amish? Like, living poor. <laughs> living poor. <laughs> uh, like, your basic needs, first wants. SpongeBob closet. Yeah, it's a room within a room, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I I get the concept of like you know people think that whenever you're a Christian, you just have to be bored all the time, or like being a Christian is is something that it's not fun, or it's like man, that's all you do, is go to church. It's like no, that's not all we do, pinhead. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's what I think. Christiana, got anything on Simple? that? Yeah. I'm thinking same soup, different bowl. Like mm. every day is the same. Same soup, different bowl. No, oh, yeah. Heard that and that's very true. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what I think of. That's literally the first thought that came to my mind whenever I heard it. Sorry, I need to use this. No, oh, no, you're good. You're good. So like whenever people say basic, you're basic, it's kind of a derogatory term, right? Mm-hmm. So like what, what does it really mean? Or what do you think that means whenever you're like basic? That's a basic like, girl. Like basic. bland. Like you wear very neutral colors, no accessories. It's just shirt, pants, shoes. Very simple. <laughs> like there's no accessories. Like, okay. you know. Like you shop at uh, Walmart instead of. I shop at Walmart. Hey, Walmart be popular. <laughs> 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 they got a dress for 40 bucks right now. <laughs> it's a tough room, no, man. But, like, like, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, yeah, it's basic, right? Like for us, and there's good, there's great stuff that you yeah. can find, like shower at Walmart that's in Madisonville, because like half of my closet, that's where it's from. Right. But um, like, but to other people, they're like, oh, why don't you shop, shop like at Target or at um, Paxson or whatever, it's at the mall, you know? And, uh, yeah, I think basic is shopping at the mall. Like it's just, everybody got H&M on. It's like, dang, bro, y'all got yeah. no taste. When I hear Cookie basic, cutting. that's what I think of, like, if Not so want. much like plain and what you're wearing, but it's like you look just like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I, when I hear basic, I mean like everybody's the same. That's good. Yeah. I would say like in this context, like what I think of is um, like whenever you see other people living like a minimalistic lifestyle and you think of that as simplicity, it's like doing that just because everybody else is, because like it looks appealing. Like you're like, oh, I'm going to get rid of all of my clutter and everything just because, just everybody else does it like almost just like following trends mindlessly it's kind of how I think of basic like when people are like oh you're so basic like that's that's kind of what I picture mm-hmm. but yeah so, Deborah, let me ask you is simple and basic the same thing in your definition or what you think no, no? simple would just be more like um, the opposite of complex so to be simple it's like you know well like, the thing that I thought of was, like, reserved people. They're not outgoing as much as you would think, you know. Like, they're very simplistic. Yeah. They're, you know. Quakers. Like, yeah. <laughs> I guess you could say. Um, and then basic would be, like, what they said, you know, like, follow with the crowd. Yeah. Cool. Well, good. Let's jump right into it. And just the opening line from this, it says, simplicity is freedom, duplicity is bondage. Simplicity brings joy and balance. Duplicity brings anxiety and fear. And that is, um, 
just look at the time that we live in, the people that we're around with. We're all, you know, under the age of 50 here. And uh, our friends, our family, people that we just know or we're around, how many of them are suffering from anxiety? How many of them are, are suffering from being stuck in the rat race, so to speak, never being able to break out? And it's just monotonous, the same old thing. And here we're seeing what is being described as that whenever we, we're looking for simplicity in God, that that actually brings about freedom. The yield is freedom in simplicity in God rather than whenever, like it talks about duplicity here, which means having more than one, serving more than one master, um, dividing yourself in many different ways. And that just brings bondage that brings anxiety, that does bring fear. And um, there's just a little scripture here in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 30. It says, God made man simple. Man's complex problems are of his own devising. And the, <laughs> you think about that. And it's funny because God made man simple. It, it's like we are not simple creatures. I mean, I, I guess comparatively to God, we're very simple. But... Um, but how it says complex problems are his own devising, you know. Um, how how true is that? Makes you want to go Amish. <laughs> it's like it almost makes like. I don't know. I feel like I'm getting ahead. I'm not going to say it. Okay, I'm going to say it. I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself, but like, I feel like we make things so complicated that it makes sense why people live, choose to live simple. Yeah. Because it's like, when we start going more and more complex, like we don't stop. It's like, okay, now we need technology to tell us, like, ma like MapQuest. We went from like maps to printing out MapQuest directions to like GPS. Now, you know, it's like, now we have like, Google, Alexa, all this other stuff. So it's like we're always making things more complex. So I can see why people decide to like, I'm just going to live as simple as possible because we overcomplicate everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or like even cell phones in general, right? It just yeah. be like numbers on that or whatever. And now, I think this is yeah. computers. Yeah. yeah, no, literally my rock is literally calling your rock. You know, it made no sense. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's weird, man. I, like, I think our desire is to simplify. Like, we use these complex things to try to simplify our lives. Like, I, I think this is really neat. Um, this says, um, the psychosis permeates even our mythology. I'm going to just skip ahead. It says, covetousness we call ambition, hoarding we call prudence, and greed we call industry. Mm -hmm. So we make these complex problems and call it something simple. It's like, oh, this is virtue. Yeah. And like I, I like I was reading ahead a little bit later, it says Archimedes once declared, "Give me a place to stand, I will move the earth." And then just a little bit after that, it says the majority of Christians have never seriously wrestled with the power of simplicity, conveniently ignoring Jesus' many words on the subject. So just like honestly, our view, our poor worldview on simplicity, <clears throat> can be really dangerous to this practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and how it on that. There was another quote on here that says, we crave things, we crave things we neither need nor enjoy. We buy things we do not want to impress people that we don't even like. And I'm like, oh man, why are you talking about me? You know, and, and 
uh, right before actually all of that, when it's talking about the psychology of simplicity, and especially when what we're talking about uh, as far as a spiritual discipline to, to, to get closer to God, to gain joy, it's so easy to become legalistic whenever we start like naming some of these things on how, some of these processes on how we're going to simplify our lives. And then whenever we fail to live simple, then, uh, you know, we feel like uh, we've um, gone against our creed, you know, and, and, but we've, we've, so it, it talks about the danger here, the danger of making these practices legalism to wear. I have, instead of buying brand name clothes, I'm going to wear sackcloth. And if I wear anything that has a name brand or anything, now it's, you know, now it's, um, uh, yeah, I'm wrong or something like that. And you, and you just beat yourself up. You get down on yourself. But, um, yeah, so, uh, Lee, you got something on that? Yeah, I was going to ask. Um, so I wanted to ask this question. It says, duplicity brings anxiety and fear. So going back to that, uh, that scripture, it says, man's complex problems are of his own devising. So what kind of problems is it talking about? You know, like anxiety and fear. You know, all these anxieties that we have, you know, is, is it of our own, you know? And it's not to knock it because sometimes I get anxiety, you know, and fear stuff, you know. But if I really trust God, it gets deep if you really think about it. If I really trust God, right, and, then, and, I'm, and I'm being living in obedience to him, you know, then it's like you, you, you things that may not seem to go your way or something, you, you trust him in that, Right. So any anxiety or any fear, that's like, that's my own doing. Like, why am I, you know, why am I feeling this way? You know, I'm doing what I can. So the rest should be, you know, like all in God's hands. But you get what I'm saying? Like, it's your own, the, the stuff that we go through, our own fear, our own anxiety. Because, man, when you have anxiety, that will ruin a lot of stuff. That'll distort a lot of things you got to do, you know. And, um, but yeah, you know, and you really think about it, it's like, it's our own, our own overthinking, you know, our own mind going crazy. It's, it's, it's our own self doing it. Nobody's really doing it to us, yeah. you know. Um, so it's our own, like, you know, and, and, and when we really, and it's really simple. It, the simple, the simplicity part about it is trusting God, you know. And, and, and we hear it a lot, you know, we hear, you know, everybody's trust God. But it really is that simple. It's difficult, but it's simple, at the, you know, at the same time, in a way. But, um, yeah, I think just as complex as simplicity is, is the same thing what you're saying. Like, it's simple. That's the goal is, like, to be simple, to live in simplicity. But that can also be hard. I, I truly believe that, like, our anxiety, like you said, it's, like, an issue with our pride. Like, whenever we lack control, we start to, like, lack security and, like, freak out. Because we're like, oh, like, I don't have control over the situation anymore. Like, things aren't going the way I want. And... If we're not trusting God, God, then that's when fear starts to, like, set in. Instead of, like, like just trusting that, like, he'll make a way, um, we start to see that, like, kind of, like, manifest in our own lives. And it, it really is so much of our doing that we don't realize. And we think, oh, like, we're, you know, like, going through this or, like, struggling, like, with this, even though it's something that's outside of that completely. Like, it's something that we're getting into that we don't have to choose. Like, we can choose to trust God even if... It doesn't look exactly like ideal, I guess. So I, I totally agree with what you said. And so much of that is rooted in pride, right? Because 
we want to control, you, you mentioned control, but we want to control somebody else's estimation of what we think they think about us. And why do we even care? You know, and we, uh, and just using a simple illustration, right? Like we, if we are very um, clothes savvy or whatever, I am not, <laughs> I am not, um, I probably should be, but I am not. But if, if my goal was always to wear Balenciaga or something, I'm going to have to work three or four jobs and it, it just to be able to afford it just because I want to control somebody else's estimation of what I think they should think of me. And that brings about anxiety, like, you know, or I, I, if I'm not driving a luxury car, if I don't have a certain position at, at work or a career path, then, you know, then I have failed as a human. That's that anxiety. But whenever you read the scriptures and, you, you know, God is telling you, you know, hey, you need to slow your roll a little bit and really focus in on the important stuff. It, it is completely countercultural, yeah. and it is absolutely the the enemy of the flesh because yeah. you don't want to do that. You want to, you want the pats on the back. You want the recognition. Humanity craves that. Yeah. We want the power, the respect, the authority, and uh, y you almost have to, or you you do. You you have to challenge yourself to live simple, and that's where the it's a complex idea. Or it's a simple idea, but it's a complex execution. Yeah. I know I'm talking a lot, um, but <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like it just keeps progressing, too. Like, if, if that's the situation and then you walk into church not wearing Balenciaga, nobody would have thought anything before. Like, it's, it's expected that you're not going to wear Balenciaga. But, like, if you walk in and you're just wearing some normal shirt, like, you suddenly set the image for yourself that, like, that's below you and so you can only go up from there because then it starts to just be like that's the norm and then you like you almost feel like you have to just keep progressing and it gets more and more complex and then we lose that simplicity which is like now I'm walking into church thinking about how I look and what I'm wearing and if anybody's going to notice or if anybody's going to judge me um versus like I would have never been thinking that if I just never started down that path to begin with yeah yeah, and like on the other side of the extreme on that, right, we can legalize this thing, and we've seen cases where organizations, churches, denominations have legalized certain ways, and they have, they have put down this is what simplicity looks like, this is what sim simplicity is, and whenever you walk in this church, whenever you walk into our groups, this is the, this is not, not only is it the expectation, but it's just the requirement, because if not, you're, no, you're not righteous, mm -hmm. you know, and it's super easy to get caught up in that, um, and and I, and I believe because there is a certain allure to simplicity because it is understandable, you know, because I can do this, now I feel like I'm validated now. Now I can actually, there's something tangible that I can hold on to and say, because I checked this box off, I am righteous or at least participating in righteousness. And that will put people in bondage for decades. Some will never even break out. And, and it's that, it's that, that, that religious, um, these religious tendencies that's built into the human machine, because we're built to worship. Just depends on what we worship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the pastor and, like, speaker, like, being that representation, especially if they, like, got some chrome hearts on or something like that. And, like, now everybody sees that essentials on their <coughs> chest, and they're like, oh, I got to do that. And I'm, like, I'm literally looking on, like, 
Mercari marketplace today at like looking at it, it's like, oh, the price dropped a little bit. Nice. Uh, but it's like, honestly, that draws so much attention to the flesh. It's so weird because like when a pastor, I mean, this is not to dish pastors with nice things, you know? Like, I mean, I think that's too complex an issue for me to fight, you know? Like, I mean, that's out of my gate, like my, my pay grade, literally. Um, and like, it's just the distraction. Like, I mean, if the, if the body sees that, they can't focus on what he's trying to project. They're focusing on the things that he is projecting on the outward side. Um, and that's where discipline is. It's like a projection of who you, like, are discipling. You're being discipled, too. And, like, I mean, even with clothes, it goes the same thing to education. With, like, people that study all these complex things, are you able, and I think another root word of simplicity is to simplify. Are you able to simplify these complex things? Because, I mean, our complex God can do that. Because, like, you even talked about, like, how many ways we simplify God because we are simple beings trying to understand this great complexity. Mm -hmm. And that's when we can sing songs like how great is our God because there's so much greatness that's beyond our measure. You know, it's just, it's, it's way out of our league, way out of our pay grade. And he's probably the only person that we can expect that out of. Yeah. And not lose focus, you know? And I know this is not the conversation to, or this, yeah, this is not the conversation that necessarily we're having, but you brought it up about like, pastors and you know who wears nice things who drives nice things or whatever um and that just real quick i I think that's going to look differently um with each church right and if let's say you have a you have a church full of millionaires every single person in there is a millionaire you know then uh then the pastor better be driving a nice car too you know because if if your pastor driving up in a hoopty then uh there's an issue there but if but if everybody's everybody's below the poverty line and pastors rolling up in a Bentley, there, there's an issue. That there, there something just doesn't look right, and, and investigation is a must. And, and here's a concept that I just want to drop on you: that a shepherd needs to smell like the sheep. Dang. Because if a shepherd does not smell like a sheep, that means he has no dealing with the sheep. And is he really a shepherd then? Yeah, I know a lot of pastors that get like gifted the things that they wear. So that makes sense, you know? Like, they're literally living off the generosity of their sheep, you know, kind of thing. So that's different. Yeah, and there's also the side of it that um, there are leaders who have other means of income outside of the church. And, too. Right. and so it's like, you know, when you see someone walking in with a nice shirt or a nice car, like, you don't know what else they have going on. So it's right. like, you can't speak to that all the way, but there is the element of accountability and yeah, stuff. Y- too. Humility is also part of that as well, yeah. where you don't want to <laughs> be a jerk, you know, and show up and like I got drip you, you, you know uh, can I say that am I am I too old to say that no we'll let you <laughs> <laughs> and, and I know we're talking a lot about like money and materialism and all that but it, it's it's amazing because in this chapter it like there's a big portion devoted to how much Jesus talked about mm-hmm. economics and you know social well-being and and how how money and these pursuits that that um pursuits for provision, um, how they captivate our human hearts. And if we don't keep them in check, we actually become a slave to them. And we're not able to actually do what we've all been called to do, that's serve God. You know, so um, Psalm 62 verse 10 says this, if riches increase, set not your heart on them, uh, yeah, if riches increase, set out your heart on them. Why? Uh, the tenth commandment is against covetousness, the inner lust to have, 
which leads to stealing and oppression. The wise sage understood that he who trusts in his riches will wither. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 28. Trusting in your own material possessions, in your own intellectual uh, fortitude, it, it, it's... I mean, we, Pastor talked about that today, you know, trusting in, 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 in your own endeavors rather than trusting in God. You know, why do I need to trust God to be my provision whenever I got a fat 401k, <laughs> Right? You know, why, why do I why do I need God to you know elevate me in certain areas? Whenever I went, I, I got my degree. I'm I'm somebody now. You know, do I necessarily need God now? And it's crazy because people aren't so ready to say that out loud, but they sure their actions sure show that. But nobody will ever say to, to say that they don't trust God because they're trusting in their own. Um, What's the word? Trusting in their own, like, doing. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to somebody about this, I don't know, recently. And I was saying that we don't realize how much security we have in our materialistic things until you don't have them. And then you don't have that security that you didn't even know was really there. We're really quick to sing the songs and say we trust God. But um, in the back of your head, it's like, yes, I trust God with my finances. I also have three years worth of you know, savings in my savings account. So like, I feel okay. Um, but when one of those, where like when finances is gone or your cars, you know, maybe people lost their house in a house fire or something, you know, something crazy happens and your money's gone. Um, it looks different for you to trust God then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when we we're talking, when we we're talking about fasting, it's, it was so crazy to think that like our hunger pains are not actually stemming from hunger, but actually the rhythm our stomach is on. And like the same thing with money. We're not actually like, I mean, I would venture to say like, this is like me not actually putting a definite foot on it, right? It's just, I'm, I'm not sure. But like whenever we're good with our money and secure in our money, even if it seems like money's tight, I don't know how much of ourself is actually trusting God because we haven't been put to a point to trust it. Like, I'm going to be honest, like in my financials, tithe might be the stretch of faith. But even in that, I don't know what degree I am trusting God with that. You know? Yeah. Like, I just haven't been put to struggle, you know? Yeah. And then on the other hand, I went from working as a nurse to like all of that gone to like my life has looked so different. My finances have looked so different. Um, within a year. And so it has looked a lot different. This chapter really hit home um, to what does it look like um, when you don't have a choice? It's not, I trust God and my 401k. It's like, I trust God. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) There's no plan B. (laughs) I totally feel that. Um, I think in the season that I'm in right now for what my calling is for, you know, like I was a, I was working as a server. I was making $400 a day Instead, I'm literally making $700 in two weeks. You know, I have to start from the gutter to reach the top or the level that I want to get at, you know. And I think that trusting God in this whole process has been so crucial. This whole entire year I've been trusting in God. And it was very hard at first, especially whenever I had lost my job. But I think, like, there was so much in store for me. And that's literally my testimony. And Pastor Caesar knows that. And... I think it's just so beautiful. I think in the waiting and I think in my finances too, my finances totally switched. Like, you know, like I had to pay my car payment, my bills, you know, and so it's just so hard now because I have priorities, you know, but I think like I'll be stressed. Yeah, but I think 
I know. I don't even think I know that I'll be okay in the end because he will make me feel okay, you know, at least internally, even if it isn't like outside, you know, like I know that I'll be okay in the end because he he's a trusting God, yeah. you know, and he's shown me proof. Like there's so much proof in the pudding that he will provide, you know, and if you just trust him. But yeah. I like how at the beginning of the chapter, how it, it opens up with the uh, portion of um, scripture and it's saying like our, like some of the problems is our own and by the end of it, uh, the author is saying like uh, to, to seek his kingdom first and like as he's going, as he's writing everything out, like he, he, he's saying like seek, seek his kingdom first, that's what Jesus said first and uh, like you're like we're all seeing in our own lives in like different ways that when we do that like God provides exactly what we need and um, not and sometimes yeah it falls in line with what we want but that's not what's important and I like how he how he also says like um, he doesn't care about like the material things as in like the nice car but the durable car you know and um, I, and I like how that like progresses throughout the whole, yeah. whole chapter. Yeah, and and yeah, Christiana, you said that, you know, you were talking about inward, something that is inward, the inward knowing that you have that God is your provider, and that does, um, that does manifest on the outside. People can see how you trust God, and and same thing with Stephanie, and 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 it, it's amazing because you can't lie anymore. You know, you it. There's, there's no room to be disingenuous whenever you're actually living it and you're actually trusting God. And, and it shows 100%. Um, you know, during, the, during COVID, the pandemic and lockdown and all that, I, um, I, I, was, working, I was working at a job for six years and uh, I, decided to, I decided to resign. And then COVID happened and nobody was hiring anymore. So I found myself without a job um, that I thought that I needed to have for 14 months, mm -hmm. you know, and that, that's a long time. That's a really long time. So, and, and then it, it challenged me personally because I, I have a college degree. I went to school. I got the credentials. I, I have the industry experience. I have everything that you would need to have to go into a room and leverage for more salary or for benefits. And I have all that. But for those 14 months, it was just knocking away at my pride that I had. And at the end of those 14 months, I, I, found, myself, I found myself so much happier than I had ever been. And you're talking about, you know, you're going from a substantial salary to nothing. Well, actually, it wasn't that. I had odd jobs here and there, but it was ridiculous. In some jobs, I was working for as much as like three or four bucks an hour. You know, that's not even legal, you know. <laughs> but, but in that, I'm like, whenever, whenever these conversations come up, it's like, you need, you need to be more simple. You need to be more humble. It's like, let me tell you about humility. You know, we, we can walk through humility for a little bit and, and, uh, and yeah, yeah, so real quick, uh, it says here, Jesus declared war on materialism of his day. And I would suggest that he declares war on materialism on, uh, of our day as well. The Aramaic term for wealth is mammon, and Jesus condemns it as a rival God. No servant can serve two masters, 
For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Luke chapter 16, verse 13. Here Jesus is saying, you cannot have two masters. Uh, Micah, you and I, we always talk about hills to die on. This was one where Jesus said, this is a hill you die on. You cannot serve two masters. Yeah. I've learned a lot of like Christian businessmen that are really well off. They were in the mud. Like a lot of them were in the mud. Like we were like talking about teachers in Kentucky with little to nothing to survive on. Like two teacher parents having three kids and nothing to live on. Now they, I don't know, started a podcast or something like that. You know, it's, and they made money or something like that. So one thing that they kept saying at this conference was like, all of them said it in different ways. Like you want, to not work for money, you want your money to work for you. Same thing would have said in the fasting chapter. You know, you want, you don't want to work for your food. You don't want to work for your stomach. You want your stomach to work for you. That's the purpose of fasting, you know, to kill that part. But I don't know. That's really tough to kind of put into picture where we have a lot of nice freedoms here in the U.S. to kind of get to a level where we can run our own business efficiently. It can kind of run on its own and we don't need to kind of put heavy focus into how much money and revenue and logistics it takes to kind of put it together. That's not a luxury everybody has. Some people are ending up in a nine to five working for mammon. And it's like, how do you distinguish the two? And that's kind of a hard thing, you know? But I mean, I know it's a hard posture thing, but like, I don't know what key points we can take away to identify it. Yeah. And you speaking on key points, it it brings some really good key points later on in the chapter, which we'll probably get to. Um, But kind of just in the same vein, whenever Jesus is talking to the rich young ruler, and it brings that up, he's talking to the rich young ruler, he tells him, sell your possessions and then follow me. He had a hard time getting rid of the thing that he loved the most. That's one thing I really enjoy about whenever we see these conversations, these dialogues that Jesus had with people, that he always spoke to the root of the problem. Like it was always direct to the heart. It was no... You know, it, it was never any um, uh, dancing around eggshells. It was always, here's the statement, take it for what it is. And the people absolutely knew what he was referring to. He hit that button on target every single time. He said, sell everything that you have. Now, that's not required of everybody, but that was the rich young ruler's uh, personal trial. You know, sell your possessions and come follow me. And I whenever we're trying to distinguish between what's mammon in our life or what has the potential to be mammon in our life, um, you have to be willing to ask yourself, can I give that up? And, that, and that's scary. You know, and I, I, have so much, uh, I, I have so much respect for you, Stephanie, from being able to step away from that uh, to pursue God's call for your life because not many would. You know, and it's super inspiring to see that, to, to choose... Uh, the simple life, which is not really simple, but right, yeah, yeah, simple doesn't mean easy. Yes, yeah. yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. First of all, thanks for that. Um, I, I feel like I, the more I live it out now, the more I see how people saw it as a big deal. Like I was like, yeah, I'm gonna be obedient to God. Like yeah, and I saw it as a big deal. Like yes, I'm walking away from my career and everything that I've worked hard for and all that stuff. But I was just like, yeah, nothing's wasted. Like I trust God, blah, blah, blah. Obviously all that is still true. Um, But it's just funny hearing people's reactions and just like their comments behind it. But I think the more I live the simple life, um, I do see like the, 
I don't want to, I don't know, it's weird talking about it from my perspective, but I see how big of a decision it was, basically. Yeah. 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 Um, Jesus talks um, on, on that. He, he says, look, he states that if we really want the kingdom of God, we must, like a merchant in search of fine pearls, be willing to sell everything that we have to get it. Matthew chapter 13. He calls all who would follow him to a joyful life of carefree, unconcerned for possessions. Luke 6, chapter thir- or Luke chapter 6, verse 30 says, Give to everyone who begs from you, and of him who takes away your goods, do not ask them again. It's like, it almost seems like it's just reckless abandon to, to, the, to what is human and what is natural. Like, Jesus says, don't worry about it. it, it it's only a chain that holds you down. Just don't, don't, don't worry so much about, or don't attach yourself to these worldly possessions, these worldly pursuits, because it really doesn't matter. But in my flesh, I, I don't want to. Yeah, I think whenever, like just kind of the whole topic being simplicity tonight, I think the root of everything, because like if you go down class and every single distinction you can think of, you're going to find a lot of complexity and just trying to explain it that way. I really like his three points that he lists right here, but... It's so cool how, like, he makes a parallel with parents to kids being, like, the Godhead versus, like, his children kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, how, how much agony and hatred is built up when our parents say, I told, it's just because, like, I, I tell you this, and you ask why, and they say, I told you so. And that is so frustrating, you know, even in, like, a relationship, them saying, I told you so. Like, but tell me why. And that's not simple. That's complex, and you're just creating conflict out of something when you can just trust and love through it you know i think there's nothing more loving than like having trust and i mean even when the first sin like it began with the devil chipping away his trust at eve up from god you know like these little tactics he used it wasn't like he never told him at any point to eat the fruit and to be deceived he just chipped away their trust Mm -hmm. and i think just trusting and being faithful is very simple in itself you know yeah. Like it doesn't have an explanation or knowledge of good and evil. It's just trusting and doing. So in our p- pursuit for simplicity, should we just ban everything in our life? Do you think that's the appropriate response? No. Because, I mean, in, in, in here, the, in this chapter, it kind of points it out like, you know, you're not to, it, it really points out to put God first and to keep God first. Um. And I think, like you just said, like, it's difficult for you to want to do that, or, or should we abandon that? Like, no, not, 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 no, right? But use wisdom not to put that, like, don't, like he said, we, we live in this, you know, this America, right? We got a lot of freedoms and a lot of stuff that we can do. Um, but that's not, the American lifestyle is not God's way of life, right? Um, so, but we get caught up in a lot of this stuff because we live here, you know? I, I get caught up in a lot of this stuff. Um, but when we're in it, like, we don't abandon it, but we use the wisdom and understanding that God gives us to, you know, to be wise in these things, mm-hmm. but not to put them before God. And that's really, like, easy to put it before God, you know, because, like, you know, uh, we've got to make a living and we, or this and that, and wanting to look good, clothes. It talks about all that, you know? And, um, but you don't put it, you know, you don't, I mean, unless God has, has a calling, like, on, you know, like on Stephanie's life, which, you know, that's, like I said, that's, that's like, like you said, that's a big step because you're kind of going, you know, when you do something like that, um, it's like not the, right, the American way, you know, the American way is to 
find a job and work until you're old enough to retire, you know, and then, and then live off retirement. That's the American way, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, so when you go against that, you know, um, it's, 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 you're following God, and that's what we're supposed to do. You know, we're supposed to put God first. And, um, but if God doesn't, just like you said, you know, we, 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 it, we all work in unity. We're all in unity together in Christ, but God has like an, an, an individual path, right? An individual calling. And, you know, and, and, and while you're on that path, you use wisdom and understanding in the things that he has to do. But not, like I said, not putting it before God, yeah. you know, and... Man, shoot, when was it like, um, like I, I used, right, this, my car that I got here, you know, it's like a little testimony, right, of, of using wisdom, right, but I had to learn it, do it the hard way first, because, you know, I was in the, the, the worldly way of thinking, right, and, and, and when you follow God, right, it may be a challenge, right, to, to, to because we're, we're, we're in this culture, we're in this world, so we're used to living by it, you know, and when, when God tells us to do something that's not really what the world, you know, kind of makes us feel a little uncomfortable, right? Because um, we'll get, we'll, we'll get in, in life, we'll get to those spots where God's really going to tell you to really do something for his kingdom, right? Coming to church, is, this is good. You know, it's always good to come to church, but this is kind of the easy part, right? Yeah. To come to church, you know, it's a, it, but it's good that we come, so keep coming. But it's the easy part, <laughs> you know, it's the easy part. When you get out there and you, you know, and you're in the world and, you know, it's, that's the, that's the, like, okay, now nah, I really got to serve God, you know? Um, so it, it'll, it'll happen, you know? And, um, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought. You're talking about your car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like, anyway, I was saying like, you know, I, I get like, I was caught up in that too. Like, you know, I'm, uh, I wanted a cool car, right? I wanted something fast, something loud, some, you know, something cool. And uh, because I was caught, uh, you know, and I want to look cool, you know, I want people to think I'm cool because the car that I'm driving, right? And that's what it's talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm putting that, not knowing, right, not knowing, but I was putting that before being obedient to God and, and being wise in the finances, you mm -hmm. know? And, and, man, it was horrible. It was a horrible, like, the most financially draining thing for a year and, and two months. Mm -hmm. I think I spent over, like, $10,000 on the car. You know, which I could have saved, um, but but then you know God gave me an opportunity to get rid of it and to get in a car that you may not think from the worldly standards, from the worldly side, it's not such a cool car, right? Hey, our cars are kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> but then, but, but yeah, but look, it's it, simple it, and it, practical. It's, it's yeah. simple. It's, it's 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 what it's what this chapter was talking about. It's simple, and you know what? Like, man, I love it yeah. because it's simple. It, it takes me to the same place as my other expensive car was taking me to. Um, and you're able to pocket that change. Yeah, pocket the change. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? Like, like, to be honest, like, this is the part where I want to, like, encourage, like, you know, when you feel like you're kind of struggling with being obedient to God, like, man, be obedient. Because it may be, right, you got to get over that hurdle of being obedient. It don't matter if the world thinks you look, oh, you're lame because, you know, you serve God. You're not cool. Like, why are you trying to be, you know, uh, this, this good person and, and not cool and not do all this. Because I, I, some of the guys, I work with guys and they, they you know, they, they, sometimes they tease me about that stuff, right? Because goody, I may not. Goody two-shoes. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm not goody two-shoes. I'm not goody two-shoes. <laughs> no, you ain't good. No, 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 no man, I'm, like, like, I'm ratchet, Some of the man. things I do, right? I'm, I'm ratchet. Like, right? No, the ratchet neighbors, you put on the, the thing. No, but, uh, uh, 
No, because I may not talk about or go in depth to things that they talk about, you know, and, and you know, uh, but I know it's in obedience to God, so I'm, I'm not ashamed of trying to be, you know, a good boy or something. Um, but, so yeah, so, so be encouraged, you know, follow God, put God first, no matter what the world thinks, like, you know, because you'll have so much peace, and this is where I'm getting with my car, right? <laughs> like, man, so much peace. <laughs> And that's, that's, look, that, and, and God, look, that's only one small part, right? A car in this, my entire existence, that's a little small, little, you know, yeah. little thing. Yeah. And if you take that into, like, everything, you know, being obedient with, to God, no matter how difficult it may, and it may be difficult. I'm not saying that things are always going to be easy. Some stuff, some hard stuff. But you'll have that peace, you know, that only God can give. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, and, and I learned that lesson with that car financially, right? Um, so now I put that towards everything else, you know, using some of that wisdom. Um, and I have more peace about it it's with the clothing. It talks, it talks about all that. It talks about it. It's a good because, chapter. It's a great chapter. Yeah, it talks about it because it knows, I think, you know, the author knows that this is what we're, you know, what society that we live in or something. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so just, it, it, it's really just saying use, use wisdom. Put God first, keep God first, but all the other stuff that you do, use his wisdom that he gives you, you know? Yeah, and I feel like it's important to use wisdom, like, through God, because like the Bible says, like, you know, like man's ways, it, everybody's right in their own eyes. You can be wise. Like, a wise thing to do is, I don't know, like, if you're in a, in a, in a financial struggle, like, do something to get out of it. But if God's not calling you to do that, you have to go, like, it's like wisdom led by the spirit, right? Yeah. like the balance. Yeah. I feel like just in general, um, kind of like you were saying, like, we as Christians are called to look different than the world. Like, you would expect that, um, like, normal people, like, that are just living in the world that see us and think, oh, like, that person's a Christian. Like, they would want us to look like them, but they're literally looking for us to look different. And like, if we don't, then they don't want anything to do with us. Cause like, what do we have to offer them that they don't already have? And so like, whenever we set ourselves aside as like, yes, I have the finances to buy this thing, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to put this money toward something that is like valuable, like literally in eternity, like they can see, okay, so we truly like believe in this. Like, this is something that we actually like can put to use and like it's not just you know oh like well they're just believing in God and they're exactly the same like we're like putting we're dedicating our lives toward this like obviously it's something that we truly like value and trust in as opposed to just we're saying this but we're living just like them and like we still have the same material values as them like it it's like a testimony that we truly believe what we say we do yeah I have a question. <clears throat> I just want to see what all you think. What does simplicity look like whenever a church is progressive or kind of needs, there, there is like a natural progression or needs to be a progression where, I don't know, maybe relevance. What's the relationship between simplicity, progression, and relevance? I don't know. With like the modern time. Hmm. What does that look like? I think I'll take it from, from what it's not. Whenever you have to, as a church, you have to stretch yourself so much to pander to people that are not even saved, then, you, then the church is guilty. You know, you're in error of 
not following the biblical standard. What is what is church? You know, as far as when when I when I mean or what I'm what I mean by that is Sunday mornings, Wednesdays, your service kind of things. Because we know that we are the church whenever we are out there ministering to people, loving on people. Um, but but as far as and again conversation for maybe another it's a whole nother topic but where i've seen a lot of error is that and we're anyway where i've seen a lot of error is that we use sunday mornings as our evangelism now and and is the purpose for church the gathering for evangelism I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't think that's the primary. It happens within the, the flow of church, but, but whenever we look at a biblical or the biblical reason behind the corporate gathering of the church, it's to worship God and it's to be edified by His Word, to be challenged or to be rebuked. You know, we need correction in our life. I don't necessarily ever see it being an outreach to the lost. That's why we're supposed to go out to the highways and byways to compel them to come in. And then this is where they get the truth of God's word. But like you're talking about pop culture, progressive movements, and we've substituted church as a training ground. And, and I think that we've minimized it to, to be an evangelistic outreach and that's as far and this is me this is all my opinion so this is but I, I really believe that that where capital c church church hole has kind of gone a little haywire is that they've put all their focus in on their sunday morning that's why they spend uh, an exorbitant amount on lights and smoke and they pay their musicians yearly salary and it's it's great for churches that can do that. Great for churches. I'm not knocking it. I wish we could do that. You know, I am not knocking it at all. But whenever it becomes the primary focus is whenever it's an issue. When it verses seek first the kingdom of God, like this book is talking about, right? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God or are you trying to build an earthly kingdom and slap it with, you know, a church banner on it? Yeah, careerism in churches tough yeah yeah i mean i just like me meeting a lot of people that are getting paid really well it's 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 complicated like it's not yeah. simple and you have to ask yourself, like you know it's like do they love it or are they getting a paycheck yeah and, and you don't want to question people's motives because you don't want to be a jerk but but you know it but but it's you have it, it begs the question almost like yeah. are you doing this for a paycheck or are you doing it because you love god yeah. And, and, and that's the struggle, especially within churches. Yeah. For people. I, don't, I don't really know what the next motion is. Are we able to engage the audience at all? Um, I, I was thinking, like, I mean, I, I don't Are we posting this on Facebook? And, Facebook, probably YouTube or something. Yeah, whatever, whatever we're posting this on, I'd imagine there's like a comment section. And I, I just wanted to jot down all the, all the disciplines that he put out there. And I just like one thing I love if Richard Foster ever watches this is like, man, he writes so simple. Like he makes all his points so clear. Like mm -hmm. everything he says is so well articulated. Like just even the structure of these paragraphs and the context that's added into it, he makes his point so clearly. Like one, 
this, two this, three this, and it's yeah. just very good. Yeah. So I, I jotted it down real quick so I can just kind of read it real quick. And I guess we can kind of just, like, as just to kind of hone back into the book and not, like, wander off in the discussion. The points, those ten points? Yeah, those yeah, ten points. No, that's how, exactly how I wanted to end it out. Yeah, out, so it's perfect. just, like, number one, buy things for their usefulness rather than their status. Two, reject anything that is producing an addiction in you. Three, develop a habit of giving things away. Four, refuse to be propagandized by the custodians of modern gadgetry. Mm -hmm. uh, five, uh, I think four is just saying like, you know, don't be a slave to the market, you know? Uh, <laughs> need iPhone you don't need an iPhone. iPhone 14 is yeah. coming out. You don't need an Apple Watch 17, bro. Like just <laughs> even an Apple Watch. Five, learn to enjoy things without owning them. Six, develop a deeper appreciation for creation. That rhymed. Seven, look with a healthy skepticism at all. Buy now, pay later schemes. That was a funny one. I was like, what is that? But I was like, oh, start with a weekly subscription and then like for free. And then now you're paying like $19.99 for Hulu. <laughs> Eight. Like all the layaway. Free trial, yeah. After I was pay. like, what is that now? Like, but wait for your payment right now. Yeah. You'll get real. a second. Yeah. It'd be sneaky. Eight, obey Jesus' instructions about plain, honest speech. And I have a look at a little bullet point. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Like when Jesus says, let your yes be yes or no be no. Nine, reject anything that breeds the oppression of others. Ten, shun anything that distracts you from seeking first the kingdom of God. So I guess we can just kind of start with one, yeah. you know? Yeah, Number so one is buy things for the usefulness rather than their status. That's what Lee was talking about with his car. Yeah. 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 By, you know, and and I, again, the purpose of these points is not to become legalistic and be like, if I just follow these 10, then I'll be right. If I follow these 10, then I'm simple. It's like, no, then you're trapped in religion again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the purpose behind it is how do I apply these to actually extract joy out of serving God? Because these become your taskmasters. So yeah, buy things for their usefulness and not their status. Do you have to buy the, do you have to buy the retros or can you just go get some chucks? Right. That sounds like a brand, man. It started to start a company. Yeah, I mean, I've even learned that with like, so I didn't grow up wearing name brands. Um, anything even now that I have is given to me. Um, but I would see like, you know, I would always want what other people had, like the shoes or whatever. And then I would like wear them. I'm like, okay, it's just a pair of shoes. Like I can, it's just shoes. Like my feet are not on the ground the job is done, like Walmart or Balenciaga or whatever. I don't even know the name brands. But, <laughs> yeah, like, I've, I've learned that the status is how we complicate things versus we just need a pair of shoes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But on that, just kind of maybe a little more comical, right? But but what is a must-have, though? Like, I, I, whenever we go grocery shopping, right, me and my wife, we uh, we... we go to the, where they have the dry pasta section and we get macaroni and cheese, right? For me, it's got to be craft every single time, right? Because the other things, just, he just don't even taste like cheese, you know? It ha about flavor, man. Well, I don't think you mentioned food in this chapter, though. Yeah, it? Well, the, it was talking about fasting before, so oh. <laughs> maybe. No, but, but you see what I mean? Like, 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 there's, like there's some things where, where, for me, even it's like, she tells me, why are you so complicated? It's just, it's just a noodle, right? And, and I see it in myself. So even in, in funny little things that we just kind of discount, there are some things that 
we have our preferences. Yeah. And whenever, whenever God challenges your preference and says, you need to get a little more simple. Like if God said, you know, hey, no more craft for you, buddy. <laughs> Why? Persecution. He gives his greatest, uh, his greatest <laughs> battles to his greatest <laughs> warriors. <laughs> I don't know. Mine is grapes. Stop seasoning my food just to be simple, man. I'm going to eat Indian food, bro. Hey, man, with John, man, John, he had to wear, you know, he ate locusts and honey. Yeah, that was his diet. Mine is grapes. Like I have to have seedless grapes. Oh, no. My mom bought grapes with seeds the other day, and I was like, yeah, like I gotta spit out the seeds with every grape. I'm like, it's not even worth it anymore. <laughs> it's it, it's so easy <laughs> to I, I, like identify these things, right? <laughs> Like, um, how it said it here, right? Buy things for their usefulness rather than their status. Whenever we look at like the big things in life, the big items in life, it's so easy to identify those. But it's like the smallest, most insignificant things that let yourself be challenged to be moved when God pushes you on it. I just got a conviction, bro. Like, I'm about to go to you ain't even talking in the mic. That's how oh, bad it is. <laughs> I, I got a conviction. And man, like be encouraged to drop something in the chat. Yeah, y'all like that? No, no, there you go. In the chat. Yeah, no. Uh, it, I was, I, I'm going to school tomorrow. And man, on my 15 minute break, it's a tea house right next door. And there's nothing useful about some boba. But man, it just gets me through. It just gets me excited. It's like a reward. Like you made it. But then like, what if God... Thank God, no, God not saying that. He might say something tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but man, like, I mean, I'd be so, like, I'd be stingy with my money. Like, I like saving money to a degree that's not bad, you know? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's points where I'd be wallet watching people for things I don't even practice, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know, I'm, like, looking at people that I'd be too hard on, you know? And, like, I don't even practice certain things, you know? So... And uh, it, it's just weird because, like, boba is just, like, a stupid kryptonite. Like, I, <laughs> it's, it's just little jelly balls inside of a meal. They're, they're heavenly. Facts. <laughs> well, I mean, if you green light in there, man, I don't know. <laughs> but it's those small things. I think everybody can look at the big things in their life and be like, yeah, if God says do it. But come on, if, if Boba's a hard thing, I'm just using that for an example. Yeah. Right? I'm not trying to put conviction on you. But I think money is so interesting. Like, I mean, there's this men's group that I, I, I heard from another church that they meet once a month, whether in person or virtually, preferably in person. I think this is pre-Zoom like Zoom. COVID time, you know, so they would meet once a month and they've been doing this for almost a decade, if not longer, where it's super exclusive, right? And they all talk about like their financials. And if they have an expenditure over a thousand dollars, all the men in the room have to agree. Mm-hmm. And this is just like a men's group or whatever. And that's just how they designed it. And I just like thought that was great because like, what are you doing spending like 1500 a year in Starbucks and coffee? Like it's like we need to do we need to talk about that like and just like that's like some real awesome accountability although that sounds super far-fetched to me if somebody called me out for something and like i'm just spending it like carelessly like i said in the beginning of the book just like any careless action or careless word like that could that could really be detrimental to to a lot of things we do and i think that kind of like precise like preciseness that's not the word but precision um, it is really neat. And I think simplicity requires precision, you know, in these areas. So kind of some, some relevant application to that, right? So do you, 
do you put a prohibition on God's provision, right? And um, the Starbucks example. Years ago at, at this other church, I was uh, this brother came in, and um, he was 16, 17 years old, had a hard, hard life, and um, kicked out. He wasn't even living at home anymore. Was out on the streets, just doing up up to no good, doing bad things. But went to church, got radically saved, and uh, and and it, it was just amazing to see that transformation take place in his life. But we were out and about one Saturday or sometime throughout the week, and we stopped by Starbucks, and uh, I bought him I bought him a drink there, and we were just fellowshipping and talking about God, doing you know things that brothers do, and and then he just starts crying at the table. And, and, and I'm like, you, like, you okay, bro? Like, what's, what's, you drink bad? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it must have been real bad. And he says, no, and and, uh, granted, he was probably about 17 at this time. And he says, I've never been to Starbucks before. And I've never had this drink before. this, This was a first time for me. And, and like, we can say, we can get legalistic and say, well, I'm cutting off all Starbucks. But in this, in, in this instance, you know, it, it was something that ministered to his heart to, to, to really show him that he has come to a different stage in his life and he's able to enjoy something now that he never even had access to before. So that's kind of, I wanted to... I mean, yeah, it's different. Uh, it's, it's different just because, like, I mean, that's his first time. We're talking about someone that overspends. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah. I, I, I shouldn't be a Chick-fil-A signature one member, you know? Like, what, what am I? Like, I got 10,000 points. Like, you know how much money I got to spend at Chick-fil-A to do that? Like, yeah. How much do you spend in one go? Uh, man, if it's just me, we talking like ten dollars, you know. That's one big chicken. Yeah, if it, <laughs> yeah, we talking ten dollars if it's just me. But if I'm buying Matthew food or Christiana food, man, yeah. we talking like thirty. Yeah. Well, the point behind that whole story was that you know, of course, like and like Stephanie was talking about, you got to use wisdom where it's necessary, God-given wisdom. So that was just point one. So I don't know how long we're going to be with all these 10, but uh, Christiana, you got something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. do, do I it. I like, should I even No, you on? should. You totally no, should. No, um, I just think that, like, simplicity doesn't have to be your clothes or, like, your car or, like, I think it's just like Stephanie said, like, it's all about the way that you think and the wisdom that you have because, like, I'm, too, I'm not as, like, I'm just, like, I'm not simple in the way that I dress, but it's not because I wear name brands or it's not because it's because of the clothes that I have been gifted or the clothes that I reuse and just wear it differently, you know? And there's so much conversation that can be said with doing these things. And like, even like in the salon, like there's so many non-believers in the salon, just a simple conversation and saying like, oh, I like your outfit. Thank you. Like, God is good. Like, you know, or like wearing shirts like these, like, you know, I wear that shirt is free. Exactly. Like, you know, and I wear it for my brother's closet or like my mom's like, and it's like, I just don't think that like simplicity and the fact of like, maybe looking basic, like, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily work that way, you know, because there's so many more aspects to it. And if you put simplicity in a box, then it's simple, like then it's simple, like, you know, but it's so much more complex than that. It's so beautiful, you know? And so I think that there's, just so it's just in the way that you use it you know in the way that if God's not moving through you and the way that you're picking out your outfit what should I wear today God like you know and so I think that there's just so much power in just having that kind of conversation you know and like 
saying like in just like girls like complimenting them oh I like your shoes oh like I like the way that you're doing your hair today like you know like you can start a conversation like that and like me and Mike or me and Mike always talk about like how like if the conversation doesn't end with God then I probably don't want to have the conversation or like not that I don't want to have the conversation but like it would be nice you yeah. know and so um I think that it's like a it's like a gateway to me you know like wearing the things that I wear not that just because they make me feel good like you know like I just think that it's way more than that you know and yeah that's what I was stirring up in my head the yeah, whole time yeah. like I was Pastor really just Caesar contemplating it you know that too like he, he like like not confronted me but he like brought up something it's like look like how many people get like a tattoo or a piercing or wear a shirt and like and they're in church they give like like if they're confronted like why do you wear that like how dare you wear earrings you know you're a guy um, this is like specific to me, you know? Um, but like how many times can you just answer like, I'm wearing it just cause I like it. Like it's simple. Like, can you say that and not have a conviction? Like that's purely it, you know? And like people want to hate and break us down. You know, the worst thing about it to me is that when someone comes to you and it's not causing them to stumble, they just want to be that, Mm-hmm. you know they want to be that hovering figure like what are you wearing like are you modeling your grandpa you know like i'm kind of spiritual stuff. police yeah spiritual police literally mm-hmm. and like i i literally just got a nose ring because i like it that's that's purely it i think it looks good like that's 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 my only like thing and it's like i don't think it's causing people to stumble everything's accessible not everything's beneficial but what i've always said is like if it comes to really churchy conversations like it's a gateway like christiana said like it's always a gateway because it's controversial some people come out of a really traditional church and like my cousins especially they're like bro i don't know how your parents and grandparents let you do that man like you really different and like i'm still looking different and not uniform and glorifying a good God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, mind you, it's not core. It's not going to send me to hell because, oh my God, God's going to be at the, the, the pearly gates in his big robe. And, you know, it's just like, dude, your, your hair Balenciaga is too long. Robe. We got a length requirement, man. So take a, your girlfriend, a barber, bro, go get a cut. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like, I feel like something that's, so beautiful like about the church in this generation is the like diversity in how so many different people present themselves and it's not necessarily like that culture where everybody's just wearing white on a stage and we all look exactly the same and like imagine like walking into that as somebody who's just off the streets like you just go to church and you see that you're not going to come back like what's so refreshing is the fact that like as people, we're still people, we're still different from each other and we still have normal like culture even within the church, like different things. And so like, I might not present myself the same way somebody else does. And there might be something that I don't think anything is wrong with that like whoever I'm, you know, having that conversation with, they might be super convicted if they like go get a piercing or a tattoo versus like, I'm like, well, okay, that's, maybe God doesn't want you to do that. But like there is individual like convictions and things that like personally people can present themselves in different ways and people have different like ideas. And that's something that's just like, I feel like in past generations, like when people will come up to you and question like, so why did you do this? It is like just 
because I wanted to, you know, and mm-hmm. like, it's really that, it's really that simple. And I just think that that's such a, like a crucial part in like progressing as the church. Not that like, we're supposed to like try to fit in with the world because we are called to look different, but looking different isn't always physically looking different. It's more about how we present ourselves and like the fruits of the spirit showing instead of just wearing this granola outfit. It's yeah. just like, <laughs> oh, I'm wearing beige and white and my hair looks really messy right now. Yeah. Like that's not, that's not what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. yeah. I heard a concept. <laughs> I heard a concept a few years ago that I really love that unity does not mean uniformity. You know, unity is not uniformity. We don't all have to look alike. And, and it, we, God has made such a diversity in his believers, right? And in, 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 in the body that not one of us should necessarily look the same. We shouldn't, of course, we should agree on the basic principles of our faith, the core fundamental things, but we're all so u- uniquely gifted and created in such a special way that I, I shouldn't, I, sh- I shouldn't look like anybody else. I shouldn't talk like anybody else. I, I should be me and who God made me. But uh, the thing with all that is, again, but now we have to put some, simpl- we have to put some guardrails on that mm-hmm. pursue simplicity, simplicity in God, because then, you know, this, it, it can really spiral out of control, especially whenever we start talking about identity, you know, but, um, yeah, just kind of let's let's kind of bring this home. I don't, I don't think we're gonna get through all ten of these, but uh, which out of the ten, which was which was one that you personally struggled with? For me, it was actually the second one, where it says reject anything that is producing an addiction in you, and that is only because of Micah, because he's always talking about how much I drink coffee, you know, and I just drink coffee, and he's laughing because he knows, but you know, it's like, but I don't want to. I'm drinking coffee now, you know. It's like live and full display. That, that addiction in you is so like. <laughs> Strong, so strong. But I need a hit. One day you snap it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking coffee at night because I like it. Man, <laughs> and Richard Foster even talks about coffee too. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, if you're gonna start fasting, you probably gotta cut that coffee thing, because like, it, like I mean, I'm just like I was telling them right outside, which is so funny that we're talking about the coffee thing right now, because it was a few years ago at Pastor Mark's house where I remember I was I walked into his kitchen. And I seen, maybe I might have imagined this, but I'm pretty sure it was there because it's been years. Above his dishwasher, and this is not a slam, Pastor Mark. I feel like I have too many situations like this. <laughs> like, like uh, he know I love him. You know, it's, it's all jokes. But above his dishwasher, it just say coffee, period. That's it, just coffee. And I was like, like, no way, bro. <laughs> it's like, I mean, this is an extreme. It's like, bro, imagine I walk into someone's house. I seen, I seen a sign like this and I misread it. I, I said, uh, all I need in life is just a little bit of, a whole lot of coffee and a little bit of Jesus. And I was like, that might have been backwards, you know? <laughs> and like, it's, it's so funny. Like I, that day I saw that in Pastor Mark's kitchen, I like pretended like I was an activist against coffee addiction and caffeine. But then I did it so much, I accidentally like, like accidentally like believed it so like now i'm like like low-key and activist like bro this is addictive and this is like really bad for your body and this is like all the body mechanic applications and stuff like that so um, and like it gives you headaches bro like i mean daniel fast year like time of the year there's two types of people that drink coffee right the people that get the headaches and the people that just don't stop drinking coffee. Yeah, you haven't even, you haven't even done the Daniel Fast, man. <laughs> I, I stopped one year. I thought you were talking about I didn't Daniel do it Fast one year, bro. One year, I didn't see, do it. You see me being all reactionary <laughs> right now because you're getting on me because of coffee. I'm like, man, you need this, man. 
<laughs> oh, that is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I was about to snort. <laughs> Any one of these points, guys, that y'all gonna hit before we close this thing out? Can you out? reread them? Yeah, please. Uh, I can reread them out. Buy things for the usefulness rather than their status. That's number one. Number two, reject anything that is producing addiction in you. Three, develop a habit giving things away. Four, refuse to propagandize by the custodians of modern gadgetry. Five, learn to enjoy things without owning them. I thought this was cool. I mean, I'm going to say it real quick, like real quick. I, I remember talking about this with Christiana. I was like, man, I honestly, I love networking with rich people, really wealthy people, and just people in general that offer unique traits about themselves, right? That's why I love unique things about people that make them different. Like, I don't need to buy a yacht. If I have a billion dollars, I probably don't need to buy a yacht. That's a lot of work. It's like if someone gave you a gift on your birthday and like, dang, I just got you a dog, or hey, I just got you a kid. Like, man, that's a lot of work. <laughs> like, don't give me something that's going to require work, bro. Like, give me something that's going to do something. Some, like get some work <laughs> off my shoulder, man. Give me some coffee beans or something. <laughs> I'm playing. Um, but yeah, no, I like networking with people that do have these things. Like one of my patients, um, he offered to take me on a plane ride because he, he's a pilot pilot instruction instructor at Laporte Municipal Airport, and like just networking with stuff like that. Like I know pastors that have friends with private jets. You know, mm-hmm. one of my, my one of my mentors, Pastor Lance, like his, his like we were talking about things like material things. A Muslim car salesman and businessman bought him and his wife a brand spanking new, I think it was a Buick. It was like super bougie and it was brand spanking new and his brother is his business partner and he bought a Christian pastor and his wife a brand new car and helped put down some money for their house in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. That's phenomenal. Yeah. And that's super cool. I mean, that's the gifting thing. But I'm going to keep going so I don't want to spend too long. All right. Um, blah, 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 blah. Um, number six, develop a deeper appreciation for creation. Seven, look with a healthy skepticism at all. Buy now, pay later. Um, schemes. Obey, number eight, obey Jesus' instructions about plain, honest speech. And nine, reject anything that breeds the oppression of others. Um, I've heard a, a simplicity message on the same topic, like about this book, about how like blood money, where it talks about like industries and factories where they have mm-hmm. kids working. It's really hard to tell. Like, even Walmart and all these other big name brands that you're trying to save money, um, it's hard to kind of miss it. And like also like we have like a material surplus in this country. You go to a thrift shop and they got so many clothes in, on the racks and behind the racks. You know, it's crazy. And they throw a lot of it away. Um, number 10, last one, shun anything that distracts you from seeking first the kingdom of God. I think mine will be enjoying creation, um, as I'm working on, um, just continuing to live in simplicity, enjoy simplicity. Um, I run a couple times a week. And so when I'm running, I'm literally in creation. And so it's really cool to be able to just stop. Like this morning I ran and I had to stop and stretch during my run. But I took my headphones out and as I was stretching, I just like, it was just silent and peaceful. And all you could hear was just like the birds chirping, you know, morning sounds, bugs waking up. I don't know, whatever else is happening. Uh, (laughs) Sometimes they sleep, I don't know. Um, And um, it was just a really cool moment of just like, wow, there's so much beauty here. Um, And I think as we 
move into a more simplistic lifestyle to where we're not focused so much on the material things, if that's what God's calling us to. We're able to focus on the things that he's already given us that we don't have to pay for, that we don't have to go into debt for. Like, I can just go outside and, like, listen to the birds completely free, you know? So Listen to the, mos- <laughs> listen to the mosquitoes. <laughs> The little cicadas. <laughs> Listen to them right before you I would say mine would be number eight. Um, like saying yes and no and like just leaving it at that. I tend to like ramble because I try to be really nice because like a few years ago I um, like presented myself, I guess, in a really straightforward way where if somebody like asked me a question, I would be completely honest and like, not sugarcoat it which is like good but also like a lot of people just thought of me as rude and so I'm like oh okay here's what I need to do I need to be like extremely like just nice and just like pad everything I say with like all this good stuff around it and like I mean it's it's good to be nice but also like I think I could work on just trying to be simple and like I love that too whenever people just like say a point and everyone's like dang like that's really good <laughs> but like I like I've never been the kind of person to just like deliver a one liner and everybody's just like all after I say it. But <laughs> yeah, I think just um, being simple, like with my answers uh, and like also just my opinions, not trying to like sugarcoat things, I guess. Mm-hmm. Good. I think that would be mine, too, um, especially at work um, when people are hairstylists come up to me. Can you shampoo for me? Of course, uh, yeah. And so I'm the type of person that I didn't just like love chaos. Like I thrive in chaos. That's why I was a server for I don't know how many years, you know. And so like I'm over here trying to juggle two like girls at once. Like that's not so bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like they're on, they're in the bowls, okay. And I'm trying to tone one. And while she's processing for the amount of time that she is, I go to the other bowl, shampoo, condition her, and I'm like, okay, you can go, like you know. But it caught up to me the other day, and um, I was fine, you know. Like I, I just love to do it, you know. But one of the hairstylists got really mad because she thought that I did this procedure wrong, and I really didn't, you know. But she didn't like the fact that I was juggling, like, two girls at once in the bowl, like, you know. And um, she really told me, like, you need to stop saying, you need to stop saying yes to everybody, you know. Like, if you have a priority to do, you need to do it and focus on that alone, you know. And she's totally right, you know. But I think in the way that she has said it, you know, it's just the gentleness that she doesn't really have you know I wanted to cry so bad Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I'm also really sensitive you know but I think that the way with words you know I'm just really bad at telling people no you know and I didn't even be end up becoming really good until I met Micah you know and we practiced it telling people no and there's so much power in saying no boundaries you know like people will respect you so much more if you know what you want and don't want Mm -hmm. you know and you're not afraid to tell them and so yeah, I'm still working on it, even if it's just as simple as a shampoo, you know, like that. I mean, it, it has consequences. Like, I get my feelings hurt, you know. But, um, but yeah, we're still working on it. We're going to get through it. was it. good. Moral of the story, don't juggle two girls at once. There's <laughs> <laughs> some dude right there going like, that yeah, simple life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that one liner that Holly was talking about right there? It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
like in anything. Like I'm like if you looked at my room right now, you'd be like, "Girl, you need to clean it." Are you a, you're a hoarder. <laughs> I, yeah, mm. I am. Like with anything, like I, yeah, it's really bad. Um, but that is one area of my life that, um, like, I just I struggle with it the most, and part of it comes from obedience, of course. But, um, like, like it's come to a point where if you know, like, not that I have abandonment issues, but just like simply letting people go is hard because it's like you know you're a part of my life. Like, why why would I have to let you go? And uh, and it's something that I've gotten better at recently because um, I have no problem with cutting people off. It's just how I feel after. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something that I did actually like as soon as school ended I ended a relationship that I clearly didn't need to be in um, and I mean like I felt so horrible afterwards like I reverted back you know um, and then finally you know like enough was enough because you know like I kind of like go to person and God showed me you know like yeah like, you should have done it earlier like I told you but Thank you for finally obeying me. And while I haven't felt the because of some of um, just letting them go has really lightened up a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's like one area of my life that I really have a hard time in. Simply letting people go. Good. But you experience like the freedom that comes with that once you finally make that decision. Yeah. She figured that younger than most people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think the addiction one uh, spoke to me. And it's, a, it's a small part of like my testimony too, where like like we talked about the other day, like playing Xbox for like hours on end, right? And like I, like addiction just doesn't mean you're stuck on one thing, but it distracts you from everything else. And while like I was doing that, you know, there's there's like a thousand other things I could have been doing. Like that honeydew list was like. Piling up. 20 pages deep, right? And um, with that size 12 font. Um, <laughs> but, like, but it... <laughs> Single space. <laughs> oh, you, you'll, you'll figure it out. Yeah, you'll... It's like an NSYNC or Mary thing. You need to do this, 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 and this. Yeah. So you know about it. <laughs> She's ready. She got hers ready. Oh, yeah. Uh, I hope you know. <laughs> yeah, so, so for me, like, like that, like, that's, like, that's a small part and like God showed me like I had to get rid of that and it was the same thing like why didn't I do it sooner because I wanted to you know mm-hmm. and um, so like I said it's, it's, it, addiction is also a distraction too and then um, there's another one but all that lost my train of thought so. <laughs> Lee you good? yeah uh, no I'm yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> give me the mic uh <laughs> No, I really like uh, the ninth one. It says, reject anything that breeds the oppression of others. Yeah. That's like, you know, you're thinking about people before yourself. Yeah. Over, it's what we're kind of called to do, yeah. you know. Um, so that, that's, you got to really, you know, you got to really be humble to really like, you know, put others before yourself, you know. And, and but when you do that, like, you you know, you're kind of, I don't know, you're, yeah. you're, you're in a way like sharing, you know, sharing that love with people. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not going to. I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna get, you know, this promotion. I don't want it if it's gonna make somebody else look bad, or you know, I'm not gonna rat this dude out to make myself look better, you know, eh, stuff like that, you know. Um, so you know, you just sharing, you know, just reaching, like, just loving on people like that. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna do something that's gonna make you look bad or something. Yeah. Where's your humility? 
you remember what I was going to say. No, go ahead, go ahead, man. uh, Letting your yes be yes and, like, your no's be no's. And um, I think for me, sometimes, like, I enjoy saying yes, you know, because, like, I get to be, like, a part of something, especially here, because, like, I get to, like, do it with you guys, and I'm serving the Lord, and it's it's exciting. Um, But also, like, learning to say no to to more stuff sometimes, because, like, it, um, I guess, saying yes can be addicting in a way, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. And, like, how yeah. you talked about with um, the girls in the bowl. Y'all gotta just... Shampoo bowl! Shampoo bowl! girls in a bowl. Like, what? No! I'm gonna distance myself from this man. He's about to get in trouble. Please edit this out. Please edit this out. But... Just... Like, if you don't say no, then you're going to have, like, you're going to have a hard time, especially, like, if you're new to, like, you're new to, like, the a church, and not just our church, but any church, you're starting your, like, walk out, and you're meeting all all, all of these people, and uh, you're getting, like, invited to, to all of these things, and, like, you want to say yes, because you want to, like, experience what that's like, and mm-hmm. this and that, and the next. And for some people, they, like, stretch themselves so thin that they just completely stop showing up and they forget that, oh, it's about my walk with Christ, not about being with all these other people. So that's another one that yeah. spoke to me. Yeah, no, good stuff. Good stuff. Being, being simple does not mean basic. Being simple is absolutely complex, and simplicity is actually the road less traveled. It, it's, easy. it's easier to go the way of the crowd, um, not... Not for your well-being, but you know, just just to say that you're going along with it or whatever. But, um, but yeah, no, on that it was a powerful chapter. We we probably just scratched the surface of it, um, but it's a great conversation. Hopefully, all this recorded, so we'll see. And uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, not press record on everything, but I don't, you know, maybe I need some of that modern gadgetry. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, hey, thanks for being a part of the conversation and till next time. <laughs>